Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I just got here from the airport, Jordan. Congratulations. Thank you. Burbank Airport. Did not see Guy Fieri except in video form, but I wanted to badly. (laughs) I feel like he probably lives there. So he's like welcoming you to to Burbank? (laughs) Yeah. It's just if you get on the subway in Burbank, you just hear, hi, this is Guy Fieri. Mind the gap when you step off. Also, there's no subway in Burbank. It's Burbank. (laughs) If you see something, eat something. (laughs) I got off the plane and you know how a lot of times- If you see something, fillet something. Is that better? Mm, No, I think eat something. I don't know that he's known for filleting. I think it's just a straightforward eat something is the best bet there okay don't don't overthink it you was great no no i fucked up i should find something that rhymes with say anyway is this what you talk to your therapist about jordan <laughs> yes that I, it didn't rhyme enough with say <laughs> i just give her alts <laughs> which of these is funnier you know in a lot of ways cognitive behavioral therapy is just about giving yourself some alts Right, you know, yeah. run through with a the, okay. Anyway, I was getting off the airplane with my son Oscar, my eight year old Oscar. Where did you guys go? Uh, we went to San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I had to pee very badly. And I said, Oscar, I'm going to run in pee. And Oscar said, So am I. Let's do it. <laughs> That's all. I just wanted to share. Do you think he was kind of absorbing? some guy fieri energy oh yeah i think when you tell guy that you got to take a whiz that's how he responds do you think guy fieri always pees with you listen i think that guys he's living life yeah sure Um, of course he's always he's always got a beverage so Mm -hmm. that guy's always full of a little bit of piss you know yeah that's true that's a good point Hey, speaking of living life, yeah, let's introduce our guest on the program. I'd love to. Sure. Do you know him as a podcaster? Yes. But he's also now a television star. The star of the television program, 101 Places to Party Before You Die. This is a man who stands before us via Zoom <laughs> wearing an electric green tank top at 830 at night. He has on... Well, so he doesn't get a hit by cars, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has on a New York Metropolitan Opera baseball cap and a diamond marijuana leaf pendant. John Gabris, the legend. The legend himself burnishing the brand. You said podcast and described my outfit. I don't even think you need to say my name anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know who it is. <laughs> yeah, John, have you been on any podcasts recently? I've been trying to get the word out lately about 101 places to party before you die. Uh, it's, I'm so glad to be talking to you guys. This is uh, this is a thrilling. So weird, because you guys record late on a Sunday evening, a non-traditional podcast recording time, but I just did Doug Loves Movies live at the Dynasty Typewriter, which starts at 4.20 p.m., which is a not common live show time. So uh-huh. my entire Sunday is flipped the fuck. Like Missy, Mr. Meaner Elliot would say it's been flipped and reversed. You're a yet. 
is what she would say, I believe. (laughs) She would say that. We record at this time just because we want to be like juiced off the energy we got from just watching 60 Minutes. Right. Yeah. God. (laughs) So fucking juiced. And also not fapping. Yeah. That's how we. And then you guys don't talk about 60 Minutes at all ever on the show. No. It's just a background energy you guys bring in. The listeners, they appreciate it. They feel it, but it's without saying it. I think anyone who's listening to Jordan Jesse go, here's that tick, 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 right. in the background, and they feel the ghost of Ed Bradley recording with exactly. them. Yeah, you that's know? where that's their Manchurian candidate sound. They hear that, they go, <laughs> Jordan, Jesse, go, and put on their headphones and start preparing to listen to a live app. They didn't talk about it, but I know those dudes just watched an in-depth profile of Neil Young. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear about what's in those bankers boxes on Jordan, Jesse, go. Gabrus, have you tried to, because, okay, Jesse brought up your diamond marijuana pendant that is literally covered in literal diamonds. Correct. It's a plot point on your great new show that people should watch. And you're, you're a very tan man right now. Have you tried to tan that into you? Have you tried to like lay out in the sun with that? I've thought about it, but it just doesn't make sense because, uh, the other day I took it off because I was going out to dinner with my college roommate and his 11 and 13 year old son. And now <laughs> I was just like, I'll just not cr- make them have to have this conversation. Like, you'll have to have a sure. different conversation about like, why were these two 40 year olds dressed like they were on vacation and had no kids and were clearly so wasted? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. I just don't want to have to explain this. I take this off for a lot of my outdoor activities, to be fair. Okay. And then if I'm like walking the hood shirtless, which is one of my other activities. I find myself flipping it around every once in a while, just kind of moving it so I don't accidentally get like a marijuana. (laughs) Also, (laughs) I I keep acting like I'm going to get like a Marvel movie and they're going to be like, do you really have a fucking marijuana tan line? That is no no go, man. You can't be War Machine or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we were going to cast you as Reed Richards, the smartest man in the world. But But now (laughs) no amount of Marvel magic can erase that, (laughs) can erase that tan line. John, maybe you won't get a Marvel machine, but this might get you a Wiz Khalifa album. Oh man, that would be nice to get to record one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Wiz Khalifa's not doing it. He hires me as a producer. <laughs> He's just that guy's feet up on his sofa right now. He doesn't need to record his own album. Just get Gabrus in there. I'm sorry, I I tapped out on the Wiz Khalifa albums because you just got to watch all the Disney Plus shows and, <laughs> yeah. and they're so quippy. You know, yeah. they're not really jokes. They're sort of changing the sense of humor of mainstream uh, entertainment permanently and it's a fucking problem (laughs) and everybody (laughs) just talks like this now (laughs) Uh, John that's a problem Uh, excuse me (laughs) John that thing you described uh, that's a problem Uh, I think we're gonna find out which one of us is the celestial (laughs) (laughs) Uh, celestial uh, I think I missed something when I was in the bathroom (laughs) Listen, this would all kill coming out of Haley Steinfeld, but not us. <laughs> Haley Steinfeld would crush this. I don't know what these things are. You don't know what who Haley Steinfeld is? Haley Steinfeld is a celebrity. She's the new Hawkeye. But I don't know what a what's a celestial. A celestial is a, a being from outer space, sort of sh- shorthand in the Marvel universe. Sort of like those aliens from uh, Alien Autopsy? Yeah, similar. Exactly. <laughs> similar. Those are the guys. Celestials are always getting chopped up on Fox in the 90s. Yeah. It was those aliens, Alien Ant Farm. Uh, you got- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, wait, 
Wait, were they celestials the whole time? Wait, why can't I think of the uh, uh, Alienware? Got it. Thank you, you the computer gaming gaming company. And of course, Gateway 2000. (laughs) Guys, I had kind of a bummer weekend. I was excited about something. Really? It didn't end up happening. Oh, man. Blue balls. I have a life policy that I've described on this show before, and that Mm -hmm. is if someone offers you an extra ticket to a live music thing, you just take it. That's a great policy. Oh, I like that. I've altered that a little bit in recent years to mean outdoor music activity. But like, I think, you know, if it's reasonable to go, if you're not doing anything, just take it. Like, even if you're not a huge fan of the act, like getting to see a, a scene to me is great. Like, I love seeing like who goes to this. One of the most successful examples of this I've had in my life is going to see Scorpions, the band Mm -hmm. who play Rocky Like a Hurricane. Oh, Oh, okay. Sure. And I have little to no interest in that. Wait, Jordan, can I say something? You may. Here I am for that. Is that anything? Oh, as far as like a Marvel quip goes? No, as far as uh, Rocky as Like a, a Hurricane. Here I, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Here I am for Rocky Like a Hurricane. I don't think I get it. What are you talking about? Here I am. Oh, Rocky Like a Hurricane. That's Jesse. That was good. Okay. Thank you. You know who's the asshole in that situation? Me for not getting it. Yeah. Probably the scorpions, one presumes. (laughs) They're probably not chill guys. Listen, they're Dutch or whatever. (laughs) German. I want to hear more about uh, this concert, but I also want to inject, have you listened to the podcast Winds of Change? About how there is a scorpion song called Winds of Change that is believed to, this podcast presupposes that it was a CIA psyop as like American soft power to like unite people against like Russia. (laughs) Wow. During the Cold War, I highly recommend because it's like weirdly the Scorpions are invited behind like into Russia early. Like there's so much weird coincidences and like they can't place who really wrote the song. They were like hanging out with some weirdos who are taking them around behind. Like I I highly recommend checking out. It's like ten episodes. They interview some really interesting ex CIA people that no one can say it really happened, but like enough people are. It's it's a very enjoyable take. It's interesting that you can literally transform anything into a ten episode narrative podcast. Oh yeah, or a Netflix series. I listened to one <laughs> about whether Cal Ripken beat up Kevin Costner one time. Like, I don't know what that was a real podcast I listened to. In the end they found out they couldn't say. Right. In the but end that was a lesson. Hard to say whether they Was it entertaining along the way though? There was a lot of meaning found. Let me put right. it that way. Okay. Yeah. So we learned about, I don't know, found family or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So Jordan, you have been yeah. going to outdoor concerts. Yes. You've been going to see uh, Sousa celebrations in Bandshells. God, I wish. Yes. If anybody has an extra Sousa ticket, <laughs> I will suck your dick. <laughs> I will suck your dick for a Sousa. <laughs> Just post that on Craigslist, baby. Yeah. I think it'll happen. M4M Sousa. You might get a lot of weird shit. <laughs> the M is for March, okay? <laughs> Man for March. <laughs> Play your dick like a tuba. <laughs> so where were you trying to, is this, was this something that, that you were trying to do this weekend? Yeah, so th- I got a an invite, got a, we have an extra ticket to something called the Flannel Nation Festival. And not only mm. did they have the ticket, 
but they're like, we're getting a cabana. Oh my now. goodness. What is this? Like the surviving members of Blind Lemon or something? So, so yeah, I was going to ask, unless... Is that a Blind Melon cover band? <laughs> surviving members <laughs> of Blind Melon? I think maybe you've conflated uh, Blind Melon and the Lemon Heads. <laughs> oh, is it Blind Melon? Blind Melon. Is that yeah, what yeah. I'm so going I think, for? The Bumblebee band? I think there is Blind Melon and then there's the Lemon Heads who are a kind of... And then of, there's the Talking Heads. Okay, what about the Rum Blossoms? Right. Is that anything? There's the Rum Blossoms, then there's Blossom, and then there's Joey. Got okay? it. Thank so you very much. <laughs> now we're Joey Fatone. I know about yes, that. Exactly. Go ahead. Mr. Fat One. Yeah. Yes. And it all comes back to my and Bialik. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the end of the day. So, do you, okay, if I said to you there's a music festival called Flannel Nation, and it is a celebration of the 90s, do you think you could name one or two of the acts? I think so. Yeah. Jesse, I think you you were- I'm going gin blossoms. I'm going with the gin blossoms. Jesse's going gin blossoms. I know you guys are going to be jealous, but I'm going with the gin blossoms. I'm going to go a little more in what I believe is flannel territory, which again is crazy on like the idea of, I don't know anything. I'm going to go with Marcy's Playground. Oh, okay. Uh, neither of you are right. Do you want one <laughs> okay, more? Perfect. Do you want one more? <laughs> yeah, I got but one honestly, more. Okay, here, here. I'll just tell you, these are good guesses. These are great okay. guesses. Okay. I'm going to okay. say Counting Crows. I got Counting, counting crows, crows on this one. Okay. I'm going to say the uh, the Presidents of the United States of America. Okay. The these are America. all pristine guesses <laughs> that I would not have made myself. <laughs> the thing that I think is a little bit wrong about the name v the lineup is that I, to me, flannel suggests grunge. Yes. It suggests yeah. Alice and Jane, Soundgarden, Mud Honey, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Here is the actual lineup for Flannel Nation. Okay. Sponge, Fastball, Cracker, Filter, Soul Asylum, Everclear, Sugar Ray. Okay. Nobody says no, but to me, to me, Jordan. To you. Now, I don't know if this is how it feels to, to you, you guys, but to you. To me, I would say if I think Sugar Ray, I think Flannel, right? Right away. I think about them in their native Seattle, in the light drizzle, shrouded in a vintage flannel that they bought at the thrift store. I think about them hanging out with Janine Garofalo. Right. I think about them, you know, just an entire lifestyle of slight detachment, <laughs> uh, mild bemusement, and deep emotion. Oh, Jesse uh, Sugar Ray is the band that sang Every Morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one that goes like, Every Morning. It's Every Morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Soul Asylum was actually my first concert. What? Really? Uh, yeah, at Soul Asylum at Jones Beach in like 1993, 94, something like that. Do you keep up with Soul Asylum? Do not at all. Didn't even really listen to them at the time. That was sort of like a situation where we... We knew the song Runaway Train. And right. like my friend was like, honestly, Jomo, a 13-year-old Gabrus ascribes to the, the fucking Jordan Morris theory that they were like, you want to go see? I'm like, hey, I've never even been to a concert before. So I'm in. That's why I went to see Aerosmith at the same age. Didn't like them then. Don't like them now. But if Gabe Zittrain invites you, you just say yes. He's a good guy. Yeah, it seems like a lot of first concerts was like someone's dad bought tickets. Yes. Like someone's dad heard this was cool. Yeah, it's either someone's dad bought tickets and like it's one of those four quadrant bands where it's like, okay, yeah, you right. can bring your kids to this. Or it's one of those like, hey, isn't this the band you like? My friends, the stage, you know what I mean? Like that, that I feel like that's how I ended up seeing it was like, hey, don't sure. you like that soul silo yeah. coffin bullshit? Dad works for a Hyundai dealership. <laughs> right. Hyundai sponsors the arena. <laughs> right, exactly. So 
some dumb weird shit like that. That's how I so, end up there. Yeah, so everybody goes gets to see Marcy Playground. Any one of those bands for you, Jordan, stand out as particularly that you were like, I know you're, this story starts off with the you say yes to concerts blindly, yeah. but any of these bands, uh, you know, get your dick wiggling? Uh, not a what. I, I actively <laughs> dislike most of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you, know, and I, you know, I'm a man whose musical taste is dicked on constantly. And I think that if you were dicking on me, this is the kind of thing you would say I like, you know, because I know how fascinating and complicated I am. I would say that, no, this isn't. I like another kind of bullshit. This is a different. Do you like ska? I, yeah, I had a ska phase. I yeah, had an that, absolute ska phase. But Jordan is a punk rock guy. There's something about your demeanor. You know, I mean, absolutely. No, I am. Listen, I am wearing a Hawaiian shirt right now. <laughs> uh, my tips have been frosted because of chlorine, but it looks like I've done it on purpose. Uh, Jordan is a Ted Leo and the pharmacists guy. Jordan likes a tuneful punk rock song. Sure. Ooh, but yeah, yeah. But hey, listen, will I admit that the slackers and less than Jake are still pretty good? Yes, they are. They both are doing good work. Yeah. To be fair, anybody who thinks Sky isn't fun is wrong. Sky is very fun. It's great. Put horns in things. That's my motto for add horns. Horns make it better. Scott is fun, and I also agree that fun can be considered passive aggressive. <laughs> you oh, guys, that, that show was, was fun. fun. That was fun. <laughs> if someone comes to your live show and says that was fun, yeah. they are actively not saying that funny. was really fun. <laughs> I mean, what I what I like for me, what I me, what I like, what I like is good. But this is fun. <laughs> right. But I like good. But you're that's fun. I see the fun here. I see you guys looked like you had a blast. It's cute that you like to have fun. Um, Do you think anybody ever goes to see the band Fun and then afterwards tell them, yeah, that was... uh that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> you guys looked like you were having fun up there. <laughs> you guys looked like you were playing the music of fun. <laughs> you guys looked like fun up there. <laughs> I recently worked with our good buddy Ben Gruber on something, and we were kind of like talking about this punk and ska of the 90s, like in reference to something we didn't end up doing. But uh, he was like, uh, Jordan, you know about this. You like beach trash music. <laughs> so his... <laughs> That's a good way to phrase it. You like beach trash music. Because uh, I can consider myself beach trash but not a big fan of beach trash music right i walk the beach trash walk but i i, I don't live the full lifestyle sure yeah you have to yeah. get more into like, who are the prominent beach trash bands of, is of sublime today? like that no yeah. Of today. yeah i think sublime That's kind of it. in my mind is one uh, red hot chili peppers maybe oh yeah yeah you're right those are both anyway so no <laughs> I, wait i have a sublime yeah. question for both of you please sublime tour but the sublime guy is dead right it is now sublime with Rome, and Rome is a guy, and I do not know where they got Rome. Morning radio, I presume. Yeah. <laughs> He's the morning guy in Austin. <laughs> Real cool dude. That's why they play so many Austin Powers drops in their set now. I would guess, just based on the tradition that is kind of out there, is that Rome was in a cover band, uh, a sublime uh, cover band for a long time. Yeah, Rome is just that Filipino guy from Journey. Right, yeah, and maybe. then uh, the dude from Big Shot. Like and this is like Long Island royalty. The guy who's the lead singer of Big Shot now plays with Billy every month at Madison. Really? <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, he knows all the words. In what like, capacity? He like plays guitar and backs up Billy with singing. It's wow. awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think honestly, a couple of people from Big Shot, the Mulcahy's fucking cover band. I think a few of them are play with Billy live at Madison Square Garden. Gabrus, what's the current? cultural opinion of 
Billy Joel. I can't get a read on it. As a Billy Joel fan, do you feel like, because I think there was a time when you would feel very judged for saying you like Billy Joel, but is that still going on or have we reevaluated him? I feel like, and this is maybe not the answer you're looking for, and maybe too macro of an answer, but I feel like in the last few years, like no one shames anyone for things they like anymore. At least, like, yeah. they do, but it's not, there's so many people. Are, the nicheification of the internet, and it's just like, if you say, like, I hate Billy Joel, like, people would be like, yeah, a ton of people would be like, yeah, but then a ton of people would also be like, no, fuck you, we're Billy Joel loyal. It's like too weird. So I think there's, you know, he's got the spectrum of like ironic enjoyment, ironic detachment, like, oh, who cares about this guy to like passion and love. And to most people, I think the most sought after opinion is like, oh, I don't listen to him. Oh, I do know the 20 singles that you just listed. Though. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I had this experience recently and it speaks directly to your question, Jordan, which is I inherited eight or 10 bankers boxes full of records from my aunt who passed away. And my aunt was an outrageous African-American woman who mostly liked the kind of sophisticated and sometimes outrageous black music that you might, you know, she had a lot of fancy jazz records and a lot of Terrence Trent Darby records (laughs) and a lot of like Betty Davis and Funkadelic records. And it was really fun. What was almost the most fun part to me was the white people records she had because she probably had 40 white people records in the group and there was like all the rolling stones and a bunch of bob dylan albums and Joni mitchell albums you know that kind of thing but there was this one billy joel record and it was a greatest hits record from the early 90s i guess and i'm not a billy joel guy so i I was like i didn't have room in my shelves for all the records so i was trying to like pull stuff and give it to my friend who's a record dealer and i gave him this record and i thought Because it used to be that any big selling record from the 80s was basically worth five bucks, you know, like just even including, you know, Purple Rain or something, something universally acclaimed five bucks. The the, like thrillers are all now $20 instead of $5. But I just figured this is a greatest hits record. Billy Joel, whatever. He stops by my house and he goes, hey, Jesse, you know that Billy Joel record you gave me? And I'm like, yeah, that, you know, greatest hits record. I, You know, if you need to, you can just donate it or whatever. I'm not going to. And he goes, oh, no, that's worth like 60 bucks. Wow. Because it's just like a rare pressing or something? It's two things. One, it's because it's like from the tail end of the LP era. So it's like harder to get on LP. Um, Hasn't been reissued on, you know, it's from the beginning of everything's on cassettes and CDs. But the other reason is he's like, you know, those like regular Billy Joel albums that sold 70 trillion copies and just have We Didn't Start the Fire on them or whatever. All those are $20 records now. Just Billy Joel smash hits are hot because people are into them the way that people were into don't stop believing 10 years ago yeah i wonder what that is culturally like it is my parents music of my youth so like you know like if you're raised amongst it is it like somehow now the way like everything's steered towards nostalgia because we're like the purchasing class now at 40 year old uh people working and it's like now oh i'm gonna buy billy joel album oh i collect uh records now i'm gonna buy billy joel i'm gonna buy marvel comic you know what i mean like is is that what is is happening 100 like i mean i know because i experienced it i went out five years ago or something like that and i bought graceland and that wasn't (laughs) even my parents music that was my friend's parents music right but i was like you know what maybe i 
liked Grace. Like Graceland had mm. just been the go-to dad music joke in my life for right. 25 years. Great fucking like, album. But maybe I liked that. I mean, I like Huey Lewis. That's definitely cornier than Graceland, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I bought Graceland after not listening to it all the way through for since I was 10 and riding in Andy Scott's car, Jody's dad. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I love this. <laughs> a theory. I have a theory. Please. I think, Gabrus, I think you hit on something is that we're kind of coming, we're coming out of an era where like, I think we're realizing that we let the snobs walk all over us a little bit. And it's time for the slobs to uprise. Kind of. And I think we realized that like the vocal snob class made us all feel like shit for liking something that we liked. You know, and we Jesse and I have talked about this a lot on the show is like realizing that when we were, you know, iconoclasty teenagers, we made fun of Hanson a lot, but Hanson actually rules. Yeah, Hanson's really good. And I think that like something that I because I think I first knew Paul Simon, Billy Joel, Hall and Oates. So there was the Hall and Oates thing a couple years ago where every hipster bar you went to was just playing Hall and Oates. Yeah. And I think it's because we we realized that we listened to the snobs too much and that these punchline things, though kind of corny in their own way or like they became such a trend or things imitated them like, oh, no, this was very popular for a while because it was good. And I think that like Billy Joel was one for me. I'm like, oh, I knew him as the punchline of the like the guy who wears the piano key tie. Right. But I'm like, these songs are great. You know, he kind of changes genres every album (laughs) anyway. So I think I kind of had this thing where like, oh, I was like letting the like Vice magazine class walk all over me a little bit. And that's just like carry over from like being a kid. Right. Because it's like I like this. And then like an older kid's like that. That shit is whack. Yeah. And you're like, someone's oh, no, older brother. You. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> older brother's like, you listen to this garbage. We like Pantera. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Pantera rules. And it's like, I don't love metal, but I was like listening to a ton of metal because my friend's older brother liked metal. Did you ever go to metal shows? Uh, no. Closest I could say is I saw Metallica at Lollapalooza with the same friend and dad that I saw Soul Asylum with at Jones Beach. Yeah. My friend Gabe Zittrin wanted me to go see Metallica with him and he played Metallica for me and you know, as a 12 year old that was just listening to the Diggable Planets album Blowout Comb over and over and over every day. Anything it's a different is, vibe. Yeah, I don't think anything has ever made less sense to me than Metallica. It's a definitely I was a like, different vibe. What? Like Aerosmith, I wasn't a fan, but like I could tell. You know what I mean? Like I understood it as a song, you know, like it's, you're like, oh yeah, sure, crazy. And then she's going around on a car and he's got the scarves and everything. But like Metallica, when I heard it, I was like, no idea. No idea what this is. No idea what it's for. Like <laughs> It was a real bathroom monkey situation for me. I don't know what Metallica's eat. I don't know what. Okay. Flannel Nation Festival. Flannel, Flannel Nation. Nation. So I don't want to see any of these bands, but I desperately want to go to this thing because they have a cabana and the, the group who is putting this together is like the most fun group. Like I'm like, this is such a fun group. These guys are going to like go for it. They're going to be in this. Everybody's going to have a good time. People are getting hotel rooms. It's at the port of Long Beach and people are getting double trees so they can like rage. Not drive. Yeah. What is a cabana? Tell me what a cabana is in the context of a concert. I don't know. And I still do not know. Is that just every seat at a Sugar Ray show? Yeah. (laughs) It's just a bench you can lie down on. I feel like it's probably the festival version of a box at like a stadium concert. So whatever that just loosen the definition a little bit so that 
they can have like a tent with like a cooler in it with like a little rope around it that like no one's supposed to enter. I feel like okay. I've seen some of those tents at like Outside Lands when I was there doing comedy. You see like there's like a ring and they're like just outside of where everyone like they're not great seats, but they're you're not in the crowd and it rules for that. Right. Reason. Maybe the bathroom's yeah. a little nicer. Yes. Yes. You have like the, there's your own bar for just the people who have that yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm the dream. Okay. So follow up question on yeah. this, Jordan. Uh, the port of Long Beach is a place where you park a container ship. So what does it mean for that to be a concert? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Good question. Again, I think they were advertising <laughs> ocean views and breezes at this thing. Okay. Ooh, so I'm in. They're advertising supply chain problems. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to see a container filled of undelivered Pelotons <laughs> while you listen to the guy from Everclear talk about his rough childhood? Okay. So Port of Long Beach, we're excited. An email comes down the pipe maybe 10 days before the concert. Venue change. It is now going to be on the patio of a brewery. <laughs> So just like a brewery in San Pedro. <laughs> they took it from fifth gear down to second. Wow, that must have been a real reflection of ticket sales. Yeah, there's a text chain about that. Someone had the observation like, hey, well, brewery in San Pedro, maybe Mike Watt will show up. And then yeah, can... sure. That guy loves Pedro. And then so that was the thing. It was like, okay, well, what's this cabana now? Like now what are we getting for this extra ticket fee? <laughs> yeah. If they move it to San Pedro and just the Minutemen are headlining now, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, we'll see what Everclear fans think of this <laughs> so it's just like it gets moved and then one by one the bands start to drop out the bands start to like issue for unforeseen circumstances we can't play and then they just cancel it and they say they're going to reschedule it but I, there's all these questions and i have no answer to them mm. what is a cabana like what's a brewery in san pedro like who goes to an everclear concert in 2022 yeah i just feel empty and alone wow you never really know what it's like <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) To have the blues. (laughs) I don't think that's any of those bands, but it's fucking right in the zone. Is that Uncle Cracker or is that Everclear? Who am I doing there? (sighs) That might be. No, that might that might be Alien Ant Farm. (laughs) I only know them as covering Smooth Criminal. Yeah, (laughs) they had a lot of good originals. Okay. (laughs) Well, listeners can't see this, but you have so many Alien Ant Farm posters on the wall behind you. (laughs) Okay, this is from their European (laughs) tour and this is when they did acoustic. I'm having like a Kaiser Soze moment. I can't think of anything but Alien Ant <laughs> There's this thing that they call poptimism in music criticism. And that was like, it emerged starting in the early 2000s. And basically it was like all the bands that, or musical acts that you would have been accused of being into chick music or gay music or whatever were by, you know, white dudes from Gen X who determined what good music was, uh, were kind of being reevaluated. That's like the era when people were like, oh, maybe Toxic is a good song. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like that grew out of people realizing that people hating disco was probably driven by racism and homophobia, but all of that stuff. And I think that as that expanded beyond the like cultural boundaries of, you know, straight pop music of being good, you know, um, like Robin is good or whatever, like as it went past that. I don't think even the reevaluations of like All Star peaked a few months ago when people were reevaluating 
alien ant farms cover of smooth criminal like (laughs) i think even intellectually i struggled with that like there's some of these songs i can like look it's not for me but you know i like slave for you because it's produced by the Neptunes or what, you know what I mean? Like I can get there on a lot of the things. Alien Ant Farm's cover of Smooth Criminal is good was the point where I was like, well, I guess it's all songs ever recorded are good. And I wish everyone the best. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun, everybody. Yeah. Good luck, everyone. Tip of the cap to you. The Cabana chat made me think of something that I saw on Gabrus' show when I fucking devoured it this weekend and laughed my ass off. What is the premise of your show? Before we get into what Jordan saw on your show, what happens on your show? For better or worse, it's all kind of right in the title about we're just trying to go to these places and party. But from the perspective of two 40-year-olds who are family men and like, we just, you don't see that a lot of like party animals who are like have a level of responsibility. Who call their wives in every episode. (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's an authentic look at truly how Adam and I travel and it's like we do bits with everyone with each other whether it's you know enjoyable or not luckily for us on the show we have editors in real life we just ruin other people's meals but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you the, the restaurant you're eating at do not seem to be like roped off for shooting there's just like people coming up to you and asking yep. you if you're celebrities that you're not Yep. really kind of fucking raw out there it's pretty exciting you know we shot it like right whenever I'm going to use the term post pandemic kind of in air quotes but so like people were like lost their social cues like social abilities and were feverish to talk to people and then you get so jaded by cameras living in New York and LA and then when you do a travel show you forget that it's like we have cameras on the street in Richmond people are gonna fucking be wondering what the fuck's going on people care all that being said the other piece of the premise is the before you die part of the title is not just cheeky like uh, Adam and I uh, his mom died young my dad died young so we both kind of have this weird like don't want to miss out on life we don't know when it's all going to end so that kind of is an under a driving force of the show as well and it's exactly what you think it is if you stood next to me at a party it's like that but well i think the thing <laughs> i was going to bring up is that there's an element to it that i did not expect that i thought was really cool a they let you guys just do gross podcast bits and they keep it in the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's just you talking about like sucking a corpse's dick that's in the show <laughs> so the first part of the show is like there's beer there's weed you're on jet skis you're snowboarding but the end of the show is you guys always do something or i don't know if this is every episode but you do something kind of extremely highbrow like you go to a restaurant where you you know are getting emulsions and shit yeah we usually try to do like a baller last supper in that zone what's the craziest most baller thing that you got to eat we ripped this off from the movie pineapple express there's a scene at the end where they're just sitting around the diner table and they're just like they just described the movie (laughs) exactly and they're just running through what happened and it sounds like so crazy you know like post improv show where you're like yeah remember when we were the two droids 69ing people are like it's just out of context (laughs) so they're describing the movie and it's like they're so visibly actually high we believe the actors seem super high in that scene and I you know I know like people always go like they're probably so high for that scene but I think the premise was because they were all just kind of like and you got fucking shot man and like it's kind of like that Uh, so we wanted to rip that off and have like and we always we do this in real life when we travel it's like you try to get a good dinner towards the end so you can talk about everything you did before and so we bring that into the show with that uh, element but to answer your question 
I hate that this answer is what it is, but the most... So we had one, it wasn't a highbrow spot, but uh, my favorite Sunday dinner was a place called Magnum Kusima, a Filipino restaurant in Portland. That was my favorite meal, but it was like not a highbrow spot. It was like an open kitchen bar type spot. The food was fucking banging. But highbrow wise, uh, we ate at the Morimoto in the Andaz in Maui for the finale final dinner and like overlooking the beach and had like A5 Wagyu steak delivered, like, you know, huge sushi platters, top shelf sake and beer like we were we were absolutely that must have been and this doesn't mark the finest meal but that was by far probably the most expensive meal we and we went off because when we got the a5 wagyu we stole from uh somebody feed phil how he feeds the crew we do that too like because it's so hard to eat an entire 150 dollar wagyu steak while like your cameraman who's definitely making less money than you are is just like filming it you're like uh yeah hey you want to be sorry you should have some of this there's a steam tray full of chicken breasts back there (laughs) that uh your union allows you to have. I think they're getting bag lunch for the crew. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. You have cold cuts. <laughs> Who wants red vines? So that was a great meal to cut off pieces of Wagyu for all the meat eaters on the crew who went went apeshit for that. That was probably the ballest, uh, balliest, ballsiest, ballerist meal. I don't listen to a ton of contemporary rap music. The contemporary rap music that I mostly listen to is like uh, L.A. gangster rap. <laughs> LA gangster rappers fucking love Wagyu. That's yeah. like the number one thing that rappers <laughs> rap about. Like it used to be shrimp and lobster long ago. They're 100% like everything about how rich or badass you are ends with eating a bunch of Wagyu or like getting everyone Wagyu. Yeah, Wagyu for all the homies. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking awesome. Wagyu for my crew. I don't know yeah. if I've ever had a Wagyu. I would love Wagyu. I've never had Wagyu either. Give me... Guys, I feel like we're brewing up a, a, a little, uh, you know... A Wagyu a, trip? A, yeah, a little man hang. That Hold sounds on. great to me. I'm going to yelp Wagyu. I'm going to see what the nearest, <laughs> weirdest Wagyu here is. We got to okay. go. We, I ate at some Wagyu uh, steak place in San Diego uh, during Comic-Con. The steak I got was insanely... It's like $35 an ounce, minimum order of four ounces. So it was like $140 <laughs> steak, but it's only four... Four ounces. And it's like fucking meat butter. You know what I mean? It's like you put it on your mouth and it just like right. dissolves and you start tripping balls and shit like that. It fucking rolls. <laughs> Jordan, you yelp the Wagyu. And- I'm well- <laughs> that sounds like a Seinfeld bit. I'm yelping the Wagyu. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know what I love to do, Jordan? Hmm. Get therapy. <laughs> That's you kissing therapy. Uh, which reminds me, now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. The reason it reminded you of that, Jordan, is because BetterHelp offers online therapy, whether it is video, phone, chat, however you want to do it. And look, it's summertime. I personally get a lot of therapeutic benefit from walking my dog. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of therapeutic benefit from taking some quiet meditation time to myself. Sometimes I do that meditation where you scrunch up 
and then release each part of your body, starting with your toes and going all the way to the top of your head. It's a good way to become aware of your body. Fucking love that shit. Very relaxing. And apparently it, uh, my wife told me that it releases as much of your emotional tension and psychic tension as actually exercising does. And God knows I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's great. But another way to take care of yourself in a hot summer Get some therapy and look, BetterHelp can help. They offer all of those methods that Jesse mentioned. Video, phone, live chat, any way you want to do it. It can be much more affordable than in-person therapy. And this is actually a great feature. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Look, there's a lot of good ways to get therapy. You can get it at a community clinic. You can get it from your health insurance. You can get it IRL. But this is an easy and accessible way to do it. Look, I don't need you to do it any particular way. This is a good one. This one's available to you, but I do think that you're worth it and you should take care of yourself. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash JJGo. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash JJGo. We're also supported this week by the folks at Lumi Labs. Jordan, you know a little something about microdosing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the folks at Lumi Labs sent over some of their microdose gummies. They deliver the perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Jesse, I think I have talked on this show about unpredictable experiences with edibles. Yeah. You know, you get a candy, you get a soda from some pot jockey. Yeah. You don't know what's in it. You don't know how much Sick it is. Sick of these fucking peaches. Yeah, all these peaches. Not telling you what's in there. Nummies. Yeah. Anyway, and you know, if your tolerance is a little lower, sometimes those things can really knock you out, give you a bad experience. But Lumi Labs has these micro-dose gummies that just give you the perfect little bit. I like to use it when I'm having a, a hard time sleeping. It really helps me get a good night's sleep. And they come in these great flavors. I'm loving my wild berry, my wild berry micro-doses. Genuinely really tasty, and it really delivers the perfect amount of THC. But also, if you're looking for something with a little more of a kick, uh -huh. a little bit more of a kick, they also have standard THC gummies. It's not officially called a macro dose, but if the other one's a micro dose, this is this might be considered a macro dose. It's called that because it's the dose you should take before you start writing Microsoft Excel macros. <laughs> of course. Don't do a spreadsheet without them. I have some watermelon sorbet flavored gummies for the bigger dose, and they are really tasty as well. So yeah, I think folks would really enjoy these should they try them. You know what I did, Jordan? Hmm. I ate that shit and listened to Pharaoh Sanders like a boss. Boom. Like a fucking boss. <laughs> Upper and lower Egypt, baby. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use JJGo to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com. Code JJGo. We'll be back in just a second. And on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. John Gabris, Uncle Meat Man. 
<laughs> premium. Absolutely premium. So, Jordan, you've identified a location for the premium Japanese beef known as Wagyu. Yeah, you can get the A5 Wagyu. Which yep, that's the top shelf one. Nothing yep. less for me. This thing I just learned about, <laughs> yeah. that's what I insist upon now. You know what's weird? I'll get the A5, but I always put A1 on it. That's just, <laughs> it's really just good. not a steak to me without... Yeah. Well, it, it hits you right here. It hits you right here. It's really yeah. good. It's really good. And I like to have a little B12. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> just say letters and numbers. And I always watch B movie. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> little A5, little BM. <laughs> <laughs> little G7, Street Fighting Man. Oh, you just hit G8. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's do G8. Let's invite the world's leaders. Sure. <laughs> have some wonky with us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and call the wife for a little 69, right? <laughs> Thank you very much. There's not a letter in that, so it doesn't really work. Closest Wagyu to me is Alexander's Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. yeah. That spot's supposed to be great. That's like a Michelin star steakhouse, Oh, yeah. Right? The Wagyu's pricey, but, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be cheap. We have to run a, a separate Max FunCon for the three of us to eat Wagyu. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think people will be let down if they find out that's where the donations go. Right. <laughs> it's just they have to watch us eat it. That's the con. Yeah. Well, they can do cosplay as well. They could dress up as a cow that's getting a massage. Okay. <laughs> we could feed it beer and massage. That is a top shelf prize. If you're the top donator, you get to dress as a cow and be massaged uh, by us while you drink beer. Lucky that's you. That's maybe even fucked up to even joke you about. You know what? Let's save that for our OnlyFans. Dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> Dude, we were having fun, but what you said was kind of fucked You crossed the line again. <laughs> Guys, let's get back to sucking off corpses. <laughs> you know who would never do that is Rome. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Rome is too chill for that kind of thing. Plus the FCC limits what he can say in the morning hours. Uh, you know, he wasn't built in the day. <laughs> <laughs> when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN or just send a voice memo to JJGo at MaximumFun.org as this person did. This is Mackenzie from Colorado. I just recently moved to Snowmass Village, uh, and I am a concierge, and sometimes I drive an airport shuttle to the Aspen Airport. The other day, I was driving a family... Can you pause this for a second, Daniel? What I like about this is the amount of context we need. We need to know the valet. Right. I mean, we need to know concierge. We need to know Snowmass Village. And we need to know Aspen. And of course, we need to know shuttle bus. Stu's just laying some pipe, you know? There's a lot of similarities <laughs> to Dumb and Dumber here. <laughs> <laughs> Airport shuttle, Aspen. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's pet's head going to fall off? <laughs> Our pet's heads are falling off. Okay, press play, Daniel. Sorry. It's this wonderful horse farm on the right side of the road. I'm driving up. This family is having a great conversation. And I see this horse uh, whose bottom half is completely covered in what looks like blood. And it is stomping around. As I drive by, I look at the horse. And it has just freshly curb stomped a deer. Uh, this is uh, one of the most gruesome sights I've ever seen in my life. And I had to stay completely silent. Uh, because of this family with young children in my car. So, you know, moved to a very beautiful place in uh, Colorado in my first few days. Just saw one of the most horrible things I've ever seen. Thanks. I think that the second he sees this, two days later, 
some fucking Bill Gates ass dude is going to come into the ski resort where he works, walk up to that concierge table and say, I need two prostitutes and I need to find a horse that just curb stomped a deer. <laughs> I think this guy's just describing a deleted scene from Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew horses were fucked up, man. I've been saying it for years. I think if you're a horse girl, you're scum there. Yeah. And this proves wow. it. Horses. This looks like Jordan's not on the poptimism train. Sorry. <laughs> well, some of us here hate fucking deers, like myself. Oh, oh wow. so you're uh, yeah. I'm a big horse guy. Uh, you stomping deers over there, hun? All right, <laughs> let's ride. Saddle up, baby. You get an extra apple tonight. <laughs> we killed your mom. We're coming for you, Bambi. <laughs> oh, one by one, my dears. Going to get stomped by a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this character? <laughs> Is it possible, Jordan, that that horse horse was actually Gabrus in a horse suit but like he's the back oh. Gabrus is the back legs yeah you were once stomping the deer front legs is Billy Joel or whatever <laughs> yeah I'm up Billy Joel it's me and Liberty DeVito uh, <laughs> and I'm fucking stamping around in steel tip boots pretend that they're hooves no I probably have to have so I'm standing in hoof like uh, devices to keep it up and to cover my tracks literally right, right? absolutely uh, yeah so I mean immediately my first thought when he talked about how bloody the bottom half of this horse was, was this is two escaped convicts in a horse costume and one of them got shot on the way out of jail. Okay. I When he first said it was bloody from the bottom half, I thought it was a horse that had his di- got its dick cut off or it got like gelded and like it was right. like something it was like right. something that's supposed to happen. But it was insufficiently cauterized. Yeah, it like fucked up or something. The horse <laughs> escaped. <laughs> he kicked his castrator to death and then... Uh, yeah. Like when I got my vasectomy. I looked him in the eye as he drove by and was like hung like a horse, get it? And a tear, single tear goes uh-huh. down his long face. Right, Jesse after you got your vasectomy, you did stomp a deer to death, right? Oh, yeah. I stomped a fucking elk to death, wow. dude. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's like a turbo deer. Yeah. Fuck a deer. I mean, I'm sure you were stomping a dick dick or whatever. Well, you could fuck a deer and you don't have to worry about getting it pregnant. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. You don't have to pull out if you're ever raw dogging a deer. Just yeah. something to keep in mind. <laughs> oh, it feels so good when you're blasting that deer without a condom. <laughs> well, finally, a positive dude's goddamn vasectomy. This has become a really upsetting. I can do direct deposits on the dough. <laughs> dough, as dear, I come in here. Christ, this is horrible. This is the worst thing that's Sorry. ever happened on our show. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to suppose what if it's not? <laughs> I've been listening to Rome in the morning. My brain is shot. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Traffic on the ones with Rome. John, you probably already know this, but Jordan and I are very creative people who do a lot of work on making this show a great show. Yep. One of the things that we do for the show is we think of ideas for segments all the time. Evergreen segments, reusable segments. We call them refillables. We don't. We come up with creative ideas. We got one of those three by five card posts boards and we got a Trello on the internet. Oh, we shit, slack dude. about it. So Thinking you're of serious. Ideas. You guys are serious no, about it. Do any of this. He's yeah. lying. <laughs> some <laughs> people think that this is just a segment where people call in with some shit they wanted to tell us, but then they give it a name as though it was a segment on the show. Uh, but that's not it. Jordan and I think of ideas. Danny, you want to you press play on this one? Hello, this is Andy calling in from Brooklyn for another entry in your beloved segment, Other Things August Is, in addition to being anal August. 
I work in marketing at a prominent uh, theater publisher. And in a work meeting, I, I said as a joke that we should do a promotion uh, called August Wilson August, where we offer uh, discounts on the collected works of beloved uh, playwright August Wilson, author of uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Fences and Gem of the Ocean. And it, it was uh, a joke, uh, but they didn't think it was funny and instead thought it was a great idea. So um, that's what I'm doing today, is setting up <laughs> the promo code August Wilson Man. August on all of our August Wilson titles. Uh, love the show. Bye. Love you. First of all, I want to say this is a great idea. Second of all, I immediately imagined a guy going in trying to get the discount on September 1st, and they say... August Wilson, August has come and gone. Uh, folks, that's August Wilson humor. <laughs> and hey, if you want a DVD copy of me and you and everyone we know, just visit us during Miranda July, July. <laughs> uh, that said, everybody should want a copy of that movie because it's got that poop back and forth forever part. Oh, yeah. The best thing everyone ever put in a movie. Okay, well, 206-984-4FUN is our telephone number. JJGo at MaximumFun.org is our email address. Our apologies to that guy for getting fired from from the play publishing company he works for because of that whole thing about fucking deer. Uh, we'll be back in just a second <laughs> on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Look at that. Look up on the Jumbotron, Jordan. We got some messages from our listeners. Beautiful messages. Beautiful listeners. What a day. Any of you can get up on the Jumbotron. You want to give somebody a shout out or what have you. Our first one is from Mike Kloss. They are a bassist for higher with two decades of experience playing in all kinds of styles, especially metal and jazz. Ooh. They are available for remote recording or local studio and live work near the New Orleans area. So all you Treme motherfuckers, get in there. <laughs> Put down the beignets yeah. and check out Mike Kloss. Have you seen Mike's band, The Zatarains, by the way? <laughs> I haven't seen them, but they're great on shrimp. Yeah. Check out their original music and some of the stuff they've done with other people at bossanova.com. That's B-H-A-S-A hyphen. Nova.com or just email Mike at bossanova.com for more information. We also have a message for Derek from Diane. Happy 40th birthday, Derek, to many more years of chuckling along to JJ Go while puttering around the house in preparation for actual old age. Love forever, Diane. You know what the new thing is for people that love listening to Jordan Jesse Go? Chuckling and puttering. It's uh, listening to Jordan Jesse Go while uh, walking slowly with their hands clasped behind their back. Ooh, beautiful. Maybe around a garden uh, or... Botanical garden, maybe, specifically. That sounds like a great place to walk with your hands clasped behind your back, taking deep breaths. Agricultural garden. Fuck it. Just get, walk around the cucumbers and whatnot. Yeah. Who cares? Find a garden, put on the show, yeah. mm -hmm. clasp those hands. Yeah, put it on a frumpy 
derby hat, like a doesn't matter really what kind, but it should be sort of lumpy and out of shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? It you could be a trucker hat. It could be a trilby. Get on it, listeners. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, look, it's cheap. It's easy. You can share a message with a friend or look, we'll plug your thing. We'll plug your fucking business. We plugged Mike's metal jazz bass playing. Yeah. Maximumfun.org slash Jumbotron is where you go. You know what I'd like to see? What's that? Can we have a month where we have all bass players? All, I think we can do it. I think we have enough bass playing people yeah. in our audience to where we can have a month of bass player for hire Jumbotrons. I'd love to see it. I love the low end. Do you think the whole wrecking crew listens to Jordan Jessica, the <laughs> legendary Los Angeles studio musicians? Well, I hope the bass players do. The other ones, I don't care about. All those Toto motherfuckers that play on Steely Dan albums. <laughs> sure. Bad, too. They played on bad. Oh, now we're talking. I love it. Maximumfun.org slash Jumbotron. Yeah, I'm going to expand it. No matter what instrument you're looking for session work, there's no better place. You've been taking out these ads in Guitar Player and putting up flyers at the music store now. MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Do you think we could get people to assemble a band via Jumbotrons? Yes, I do actually think we could do that. I would like to see that happen. A hundred percent, I think we could do that. I'm going to say you can put in your session musician ad at the personal message rate, but you have to share contact information and you have to be willing to join a band that records a song about Jordan Jesse Go that we play on Jordan Jesse Go. Could be a short song. It doesn't have to be explicitly about the show, but can just like have some thematic. No, it should be explicitly about oh, okay. the show. It should be about <laughs> us fucking. Oh, wow. That yeah. is explicit. Not necessarily each other, but just somebody, sure. you know, Margaret Thatcher or whatever. That could be very political. Yeah, that sounds positively infuriating to the upper class. Yeah, fucking dropping their crumpets. Yeah. Because we're fucking thatch. Right in their golden tees. We're all up in that thatch. Okay, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Hi, everyone. I'm Anna McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we will be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's gonna be a hoot on Maximum Fun. Hi everybody, my name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Dr. Sydney McElroy. That, that is true. It's important in this context because we host a medical history podcast called Sawbones. Oh, I thought we were going to, we should have worked on that. Sawbones. Sawbones isn't afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Like, are vaccines as safe and reliable as they want us to believe? Yes. Do I have to get a flu shot? Yes. Uh, okay, is science a miracle? No. We have a lot of great history for you and a lot of laughs. And sometimes the history is so bad that there's no laughs. But you'll learn something, you'll feel something. And it's always sawbones. That's right. <laughs> Every week on MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. John Gabris, Uncle Meat Man. Oh, Uncle Meat Man is 
maybe the best nickname we've had on the show since Clankety Car. <laughs> Up there, honestly. Thank you, guys. Gabris is obviously a podcast legend. He's a Jordan Jesse Go legend. Now he's a nickname legend. This guy is firing on all <laughs> cylinders. All three of them. Let's do it. <laughs> we only have three cylinders, okay? That's plenty. It's a, a three-cylinder <laughs> operation. We looked into getting a fourth. It was too expensive. 38 horsepower is what we're pushing here. We are not legal to podcast on a freeway. Any more horsepower, we're going to have a bunch of dead deer on our hands. So keep your fuck. <laughs> we got to keep it low. You. Thank you very much, John. And if they kill all the deer, what are we supposed to fuck? <laughs> Your show is 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Mm -hmm. When you earlier said something about being on the streets of Richmond. Now, yes. I presume you're talking about Richmond, Virginia. Correct. But in my head, it immediately went to Richmond, California which is a community in the East Bay, in the Bay Area, that's primarily, look, it's got a BART station and a lot of gun crime. It's a troubled <laughs> community. Yes. But for me, I immediately pictured you going to Richmond and going to the House Rabbit Society building there, which is <laughs> just a literal house full of bunny rabbits you can adopt that just hop around and you're allowed to just go there and pet them. Whoa, that's pretty rad. That should... Yeah, my wife took me there for my birthday once. That should bring about gun piece yeah trade a gun for a, a rabbit like a guns for rabbits uh thing yeah. should go on that could that could help if we could get the group of eight the g8 mm. to take yeah. some b12 get themselves <laughs> pumped right. get out to richmond chock full of a5 load them up with a vest full of c4 exactly <laughs> look we're gonna need refreshments let's get some v8s we'll get emilio estevez in d2 uh <laughs> gear and merch e40 present yeah we'll have every, it'll be it'll be a yeah. real good time. <laughs> E40's already in the neighborhood, pretty much. Yeah, he's not too far. We can send an Uber. And if they send a Terminator back in time to kill us, it'll be the T-1000. Yeah. <laughs> the liquid metal one, right? Liquid metal Terminator? <laughs> Letters and numbers, folks. Letters and numbers. <laughs> so, Richmond, Virginia isn't the first place I would think of, John, but what was like the ultimate party spot from 101 places to party before you uh, die? Or the ultimate party experience? Yeah. Okay. So, Richmond was really interesting because it's the same thing. I did not think of it as a spot but some of the producers and researchers were like no it's kind of like an up and and it's had the strongest reaction so far of the episodes that have aired from residents Richmond oh. heads are firing up the DMs in the comments with like holy shit you guys showed our city and it was like we wanted to show a city that like maybe people could afford to go to or people like people who live nearby could drive to this spot like we went to Denver and Richmond in the first season just to kind of give you like Richmond is a beautiful city and it has a very uncomfortable number of confederate monuments uh, but other than that it's pretty kick-ass which they grapple with in the show <laughs> we talk oh, about it in the show and as a matter of fact it was really uh it was uh heartwarming to see they really have an abundance of confederate monument stands <laughs> ah, <laughs> they have excellent. very few monuments left okay. but a lot of bases a lot of bases <laughs> yeah i went pre-tearing down confederate monuments for my cousin's yeah. wedding she's from virginia and it was a great time. It was a beautiful place. But I just remember walking around downtown and being like, oh, right. Wow. Whew, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That reminds me of the first time I went to South Carolina. We went on a bike tour, me and uh, Ben Rogers and our friend Gavin Spieler. We were riding around. It was like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's like, this used to be a slave market. This used to be where the slaves came. I'd be like, why is this? And there's like families of white people with like headphones on learning about it. I'd be like, this is feels fucking crazy. We should be ashamed of that. This should be like, this should yeah. be punishment. Like we should, we should be figuring something out about that. So what was the spot though? 
What was the spot? America's historical shames aside, yes. what was the jam? <laughs> the jam. Now, this, another thing we tackle on the show eventually is like partying when you're 40 doesn't always mean substances. It could be like you can eat too many oysters and be, you know, partying before you die. The original show title was fucked up. So like a lot of the story comes from that of like you can get fucked up just by trying to ride an ATV at 40 years old. Like, <laughs> like that is like enough to fuck you up. So we like kind of live by that mantra too. So by saying that, we went to Moab, Utah, and that was a place that I had never even heard of when it was, a matter of fact, when it was in the email as a possible place, I didn't even recognize the word. Not even from bumper stickers. Sounds like a lesser Star Wars character. Right. <laughs> I honestly knew the letters Moab as mother of all bombs from the game Worms 2. Oh. So. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Dude, Worms 2 rules. Yeah. I love Worms 2. It's either a Worms weapon or a character who has one line in the prequels. Yeah. Let's get Adam Pally in here and make an episode of the show where we just hang out in our dorm and play Worms 2. <laughs> yeah, it's one place to get fucked up before you die. Do you think if we made that episode, the audience would get like too horny? Yeah, yeah probably. that would be a problem. We would have to distribute whatever drug they give you when you uh, Salt get that Peter. persistent <laughs> erection. Frame. We got to give you like the fuck, you know, like a sexual lobotomy yeah. so that you can, so you can engage with us on a intellectual level without hormones being in the way. There's just a headline in the New York Times that says young people watch Morris Gabris Pally Thorne play Worms 2. <laughs> Gelding's necessary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting calls from the Brooklyn Department of Water. Apparently too many people are flushing cum down the toilet. <laughs> it's like Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Listen, I think we've all been warned about the coming super flood. <laughs> the coming super flood. <laughs> people say it's going to be rain, but I think it's going to be cum. <laughs> yeah. It's a super flood of coming. Yeah. By the way, you know who I bet would really contribute to that is the great Alan Cumming. Good and everything. Oh. Good and everything. Is he dead? There's a couple <laughs> times when Alan Cumming just went on Fresh Air and just talked about his extraordinary fuck life. Mm. And it's just great to hear Alan Cumming talk with... I mean, he talks about, you know the good wife and stuff but like <laughs> then there's just some parts where he just talks in his charming voice about all the stuff he fucks uh not dead by the way i thought of you like alan coming no. no very much alive blasting all over everywhere amazing love that guy but so moab utah was truly a surprise now it's utah so like the liquor rules are different we right. did get spoiler alert we get cut off on camera oh wow where... i've also been cut off in utah. <laughs> yeah, it's not I mean, I mean i've been cut off outside of utah too for a couple of, like, but that was because like, i was on the floor. I got cut off, but that's because I had that persistent erection. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get gelded. You stomped that deer. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to join the guild. Oh, you read that wrong, dog. Were you like at a bar or were you, what was the context? We got, we were at a bar slash cafe where we ate like elk burgers. Like apparently cool. everyone in Moab burns 5,000 calories a day, like mountain biking, hiking, and kayaking. So all their food could just be like elk burger with double provolone on top of stack of top or whatever and then and the most <laughs> jacked fucking people are eating there oh th this city just blew me away it looks like mars crazy outdoors activities 50 percent of the people we asked and we asked a shit ton of people and i would say maybe over 50 percent servers bartenders busboys brewery employees everyone we engage with on the show we asked do you base jump and over half the people we engage with <laughs> did base wow. jump. i would say over half had base jumped 
and a third are base jumpers who wow. frequently base jump. You're fucking crazy. I asked a similar question in my neighborhood growing up, got a similar answer, but it was, do you smoke base? Uh, it, <laughs> it was crack cocaine related. It was like 55%. I mean, it was the late 80s. You know, and like, a few of the people who said, no, I feel like we're maybe actually yeah. lying based on yeah. their behavior. Yeah. yeah. Easier to read than base jumping. Did you do crazy outdoor shit? We got to drive uh, these awesome off-road dune buggies. We rode in something called the Moab Monster, which was like a several-ton giant, like a truly like a twisted metal character. It's like 12 feet up in the air. It sits like eight people, and we drove it down a vertical cliff and up another vertical cliff, and that was fucking sick. Oh, holy shit. I'm looking looking at a picture of this fucking thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. The uh, Moab Monster is what they called my dick when I got cut off in Utah. <laughs> no dick there anymore, though. <laughs> that is amazing. Because I immediately, when you were talking about all these people base jumping and shit, like, I don't have the strength to be extreme. I don't have the moral strength, the emotional strength, the physical strength. <laughs> me like, neither. No extreme activity appeals to me at all. I don't want to go for a walk. Us uh, neither. Us yeah. the, we, like we're like no, th- we want to party. In the final episode, we rappel down a waterfall in Maui, and it was absolutely stressful, yes. absolutely terrifying. And then I'm realizing I'm an executive producer, and I'm s- talking to the other executive producer, Adam Pally, and we're going, I don't want to fucking do this, man. And he's like, me neither. <laughs> it's like we're both. Wait, why are we doing this? And, but it was like one of those things where like, oh, I don't want to make the show better. Yeah. And then in you're gonna see. It's humiliating how scared we are. It's, like, it's not good television. We do not look good, but we, we it was too raw to not. I'd never been that scared, like in front of that many like people. You know. But like, that said, weird. I think this Moab mega buggy. I'm in on that. Like even an ATV, I think I'm probably kind of out on or like right. a snowmobile. I'm not sure if I want to do that. This is, I like a professional isn't handling it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So oh, I love Gabriel this. Gabriel sent us a link to TripAdvisor posting about this. It says private Moab mega buggy poison spider sunset tour. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know what the fuck that's all about. That's just the first image that came up. That scares me. I mean, if I'm going to go up against poisonous spiders, I guess being in the mega buggy is your best bet but no thank you yeah i mean i feel like the poisonous spiders don't these tires are like four feet tall like i don't think the poison spiders are, are messing with this thing at all i yeah i mean like what are th- like the a ladder unfolds from like when you open up the passenger side door like they have an unfolding ladder like a boat to get in and out of it it's that high off the ground do you think people in utah are just like self-conscious because they're like all right, people, you know, we they say that we're just like square Mormons, so I guess let's just base jump and tack poison spider onto the name of things. <laughs> right. There is sort of an element of like, we're not allowed to have hot beverages, right. but we can dive off of cliffs. And that was a like kind of dude that I grew up with, the like youth pastor guy who was covered in tattoos who's like, I've never had a drink in my life and I get high every day, you know, and yeah. that. I don't need to drink to have a good time, but he's also the guy who's like doing 
doing knuckle push-ups and shit, and you're like, okay, man. Sure, like, yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem that fun. Yeah, yeah, sick, dude. Uh, that thing was so crazy. The guy had built it himself. He was an engineer. He like it had two controls, one for the back tires, and then it had cameras underneath it. So I think that's part of how they do the Poison Spider tour now that you're saying it. It had cameras so he could like look at like the ground if in different situations. It was fucking rad. I got to tell you, if I was going to Utah to party... And God knows I I will be at some point, you know, yeah, now dude, that the dude, COVID like, restrictions are lifted and everything, you know. You're going to jet ski the Salt Lake, dude. That's your lifelong dream. You know I'm going to be yeah, out, baby. fucking out there. You know I'm setting land speed records. Mach 10, right? You're going to go Mach 10? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you won't believe the fucking mocks I'm going to go. Whoa, more than 10? I'm going to go Gene Mock, man, the fucking manager of the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> no way. Nobody's oh. ever done that. <laughs> Rod Carew did. It's a fairy tale <laughs> so i think if i went to utah to party though i don't drink i don't want to do anything extreme i'm not a man of faith like there's a lot of strikes against me but i would love to go through one of those soda pop drive throughs where they give you a giant styrofoam cup full of pellet ice and then they make you like a fucking crazy ass suicide that you request that has a crazy name on a giant board that's what i want oh that's rad i didn't even know about that moab is kind of like new paltz or ojai of you know it's not fully uh, right. very mormon it's very outdoorsy it's like four hours from salt lake city uh jesse i'll pitch you i'm not a big outdoorsy extreme person either i mean i'm an outdoorsy person now in the last couple of years which was part of the appeal of moab but you're very coco pelly friendly the, thank you uh, yeah. i appreciate i'm glad i'm glad you noticed my posture do you have any yeah. Uh, anything with the Coco Pelli logo on it? I have no Coco Pelli. Just my devil sticks, but they're on offer up, so I, I, sure. I, 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 they're going fast. Yeah. It looks like Mars there. It's red. It's like one of those red clay mountain deserts with like super clear skies. So if you're like even a light hiker, you can get into some majestic vistas. Yeah, I could see that. I'm going through the photographs. There's 132 photographs of the Poison Spider tour. A lot of them depict a pretty pretty spectacular sunset. And then the other thing that gives me confidence is how many just dorky 12-year-olds are in these pictures. <laughs> I'm like, if these little fucking sixth grade dorkwads can handle it, I'm a grown <laughs> ass man. I'm 41. I better be able to handle yeah, it. You <laughs> barely pee your pants anymore, right? <laughs> fucking rarely, dude. Hell yeah. More than a few years ago, certainly. <laughs> but... You know, I'm a little drippy since the gelding, but, uh, <laughs> you know. I'm thinking of getting gelded, too. We could talk a little more offline. I'm very curious. No, this is this is a good 80 minutes of podcasting. Save it. <laughs> yeah. I got a good guy. I found him on OfferUp. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Trade him a back half of a bloody horse costume. <laughs> <laughs> John Gabris, what a joy it is to have you on the program as per ever. Dudes, thank you for having me. It's always fun to fucking chop it up with you weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. I love it here. John's podcast, of course, is High and Mighty, a wonderful program. You should go over there to True TV to watch 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Is it on demand anywhere? Can people, or is it all live? It's all live. Now, I think if you have a cable login, you could watch it on True. If you have no uh, cable whatsoever, maybe go to a 
hospital waiting room. It seems to be yeah. playing loudly I in the corner of the room. Yeah. Anywhere that you watched Jordan when he was a correspondent on <laughs> The Daily Habit, yeah. it's going to be a great place to watch true TV, whether it's <laughs> yeah. a Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. You go to your cousin's husband's house. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. get his fire stick that the cable guy made him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Alan. He's a good guy. He's from Richmond, Virginia. Listen, if you're still holding on to cable, you can watch it on their on demand true TV. Steal your parents' login. They still have it and you can get it. Or you can like you can buy it on iTunes. You can buy it on iTunes and Amazon, right? You can buy it on iTunes and Amazon. And if that like I understand not wanting to spend money on a travel show, our first episode is on YouTube. So just juice those views. And that's like yeah. minimal effort from anybody. It's so funny, man. I spent the weekend oh, thanks, uh, catching up on it and I just like laugh my ass off and it's just so fun. And you guys go to so many great places. I feel like I want to do the next time I go to any of those places, I'm going to go back and see where y'all went and uh, duplicate oh, it. Yeah, it's thank just you. A that's blast. like the, that's a testament because that's what I watch when I'm going to a new city. I watch every uh, one of my favorite people who go there. You know, I watch Bourdain. I watch. I see if Padma goes there. I see if Guy Fieri's been there. Rick I watch Steves. all those episodes. Rick Steves, Action Bronson. I watch all those. I love that, and I'm that I'm honored to be included in your potential Smashburger research. Richmond, Virginia. I just have to shout out. We talked about it so much. I just got to shout out Cobra Burger, one of the best goddamn cheeseburgers I've ever had. And those guys are cool. They're all like ex-hardcore musicians and shit, ripping out great burgers. That's on the Poison Snake Tour of Richmond. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. but you got to drive in a 10-foot truck, so you'll be okay. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, John Gabris has been our guest on the program. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Daniel Zafrin, our producer. uh, Brian Fernandez, our producer emeritus. Uh, You can find us on social media. Maximumfun.reddit.com is a good place to chat about this episode. You Please tweet about this show. Share this show. Put the hashtag JJ Go on it. Talk about why you think it's funny to fuck a deer. <laughs> Just post that. Please tag us. Please tag us yeah, what you think is us. funny about fucking a deer. I want to read these threads. That <laughs> tag is- us and tag your mother-in-law, okay? <laughs> sure. Let's put this down there. Let's make it happen. We could do it, Tag team. your cousin's <laughs> husband. <laughs> Alan Kennedy, we love you. Shout out to you. Thanks for all that you've done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the maximumfun.reddit.com, hashtag at JJGo. We're both on Instagram, instagram.com slash put.this.on and Jordan David Morris. And yeah, in all sincerity, share our show. Tell one person about our show this week. I dare you. Yeah, this is good. Everybody loves Gabrus. They know who he is. This guy's universally... This is fucking Hercules from the Marvel movies. Yeah, dude. For fuck's sake, I'm here. Listen to this. Send this to a... Send this non-consensually to a friend. Just send this... <laughs> just just drop this episode in random airdrops in public. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please. Look, we know you're listening to it in kitchens and hipster restaurants in Brooklyn. That's not what we're... T- move it to the front of house. Front of house. Front of house. Play it over the PA. (laughs) Play it while people eat. (laughs) I'm calling out to all white courtesy telephone operators in airports. Let's do this. Put this on the PA. Let's make this happen. If you control the subway announcements in a major city. Oh, yeah. We already said mind the gap or whatever. Watch your step going out on this episode. That makes it a good announcement. So put it on in your subway train. Just tell one person, just one person, tell one person this week. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Desi Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. 
audience supported.